everybody. I'm Wes Carey. Thanks again for joining us on the Kingsguard podcast. Um, it's good to have my co-host Cole Barnett back with us again after missing out on two weeks. Um, though, and even though he was out for two weeks, we still had some. We, we still had some pretty good content. We had a good special guest host, uh, Seth Hamilton. I think he did a great job. I'm glad he came yep. out. Glad Very he was good. able to do that. Uh, gave us some really really good insight. Um, so I'm looking forward to some of the other extra guests that we have because we got some we got some good ones planned um, coming up. So, uh, but let's uh, let's talk about the man of the week. This is a little bit different. We haven't been able to do the man of the week for the uh, the last couple weeks just because well there hasn't really been a whole lot. Um, some of the guys that we wanted to do it just wasn't appropriate because of some of the stuff that was going on. Um, I'll mention that a little bit. Um, so you're, you're kind of getting a twofer here, um, if you will. Um, but uh, I want to, we want to recognize this video uh, for what it was. Cole, you you said this to me, uh, I want to say last week, um, in recognition of, you know, this young man and what he was doing. Um, so all of our other man of the video or man of the week videos have been, you know, fully grown men. Um, doing what they do and, 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 and doing a great job of representing what manhood and masculinity should be. Um, but this video is a little bit different because it's not a fully grown man this time. It's, it's, we got a young man and he's, he's stepping up and doing what he's supposed to do. Um, so I'm going to show the video, then we'll talk a little bit about it and then go from there. So you got a young man, rugby player, obviously, uh, encouraging his 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 teammate there. Um, I'm assuming the the other young man probably got discouraged on something, which happens. I mean, it's sports. Um, we we've all been there. Um, but I mean, what what a display of iron sharpening iron right there, and especially at a young age like that. You know, that's that's yeah. huge. So, um, but. Let's we, we got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, that that came from somewhere, and I, I'm willing to bet that coach that's in that video had something to do with that as well. So yeah, as a teacher, uh, you know, I, I I look for little attributes that are starting to develop in, in in kids, and by no way, shape, or form are we saying that little kid is is like a man. What we're saying is 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 that that young. Uh, student athlete is starting to display a leadership quality, a leadership skill, uh, a compassion component, um, a, an ability to uh, encourage that we all need. And I just, when I saw that, I just kept thinking, you know what, in this incredible war we are in right now against principalities, against dark forces, we need more brothers stepping up and encouraging each other like that. And yeah, I definitely thought about the coach. I think, 
you know, absolutely in order for that kind of culture uh, to exist uh, yep. in the church, we need a great coach. Yeah. And you've got yep. a pastor, you've got a coach that <laughs> puts that kind of team together. Yep. And I know a lot of pastors, a lot of coaches that put that kind of team together. And um, it was just a great reminder. It was it was just as the attribute stuck out to me. And I, you know, my prayer for that young man is that he ultimately finds the true leadership uh, that God would have for his life uh, to. Um, and I think he's got a great chance to. It seems like he understands yeah. the importance of it. So uh, we pray for that young man this week and we pray that uh, greater things are in store than than even what he's experiencing so far. But that was encouraging to see, I thought. I, for me, it's you know, there's. There, there's a lot to be said about leadership. I mean, it, it's leadership's probably one of the most understood aspects of being a man as it is, you know, and we'll probably talk a little bit about that today, but we'll get it here in the coming weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll really get into the weeds on leadership, but um, it's very, very misunderstood. And to see it demonstrated so clearly right there, that is a, that it's not a natural thing. That is a learned behavior. Yeah. Um, it's a honed skill set, and it's one that you have to constantly uh, sharpen and hone, or you're going to lose it. I mean, it's a leadership is a perishable skill. So, great, great demonstration. I, lo- I, I love that video. I think that's a that was a great video for that. Um, one of the other areas, one of the other things that I wanted to uh, to bring up, one of the other, uh, I don't even know how I would say it. Uh, groups or, or individuals that I would well, like to talk about as far as man of the week um, are, I mean, we, we've all been watching the news and paying attention to what's been going on in Texas and, and everything that's been going on. And we haven't really said a whole lot about that. Um, but uh, one, our hearts go out to the families there and uh, to the tragedy that that's there. Um, and I don't want to get involved in the politics. I don't think there's any place for that. Um, I just, I, our, 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 our prayers go out to the families and the victims. Um, but I do want to recognize uh, the Border Patrol agents that ultimately made the decision to, I mean, make no mistake, they made a decision to defy orders of the leadership that was on the ground and in that situation and do so decisively. Um, and I think that that is a that is a a trait of manhood that cannot be ignored it needs to be recognized it needs to be celebrated um it needs to be appreciated because that situation could have gotten a whole lot worse had those men not gone in when they did you know and had they been allowed to go in sooner you know i i can only imagine what so um for though, if you and I, I don't know if anybody, any of them are listening, or any of them would, but you know, uh, it's we're we're, we're grateful yeah. uh, for the service and the sacrifice that you that you gentlemen make, and for all our law enforcement officers out there, I, that's a tough job. Um, law enforcement they get a they get a bad rap, and, they, and and don't get me wrong, there's there are some corrupt guys out there. We get that. Um, there's corruption in every field, Wes. Every field, everyone. There's corruption um, everywhere. Yep. So the one one of the reasons I wanted to bring these guys up in this week for for this episode was uh, because this episode is all about excellence and and the endeavor for excellence um, and and what excellence looks like. And I, I it doesn't get much more 
excellent than than how they went about it. You know, um, as as a guy that's that's been in that situation that is, has has cleared rooms and things of that nature, it's uh, they they did a great job. They did an outstanding job. I mean, it it, it was just a sad situation. It was already bad, um, yeah. but that was an immediate thing. So we. You know, I, I believe that one of the first ones on site, uh, uh, he got on site and said, hey, he, he grabbed a shotgun. He was at it, getting his hair cut at a barber. Yeah, that. Yeah. Her, got a text from his wife, who was a teacher at the school, grabbed the barber shotgun and went into the school. And when one of the officers tried to say, hey, man, you can't go in there. In so many words, he pretty much said, you're either going to let me go in there or I'm going to walk right over you. You know, and I can tell you this much, man. I, I'd have done the same thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. If my um, kid was in there. I, I know I would have. I I, I, I would have let that guy know very, very quick, fast, and in a hurry that you know, if you're not going to let me go do what you should have done, uh, you're going to end up joining that guy in a body bag. So that's that's my kid. That's my livelihood. I mean, that's that's my future. That's my legacy. Those are those are my. They are. They're everything to me, man. So that's, that's, there's no way that I'm not going to act, you know? So, um, I'm just, I I was, I was, I was amazed at the sacrifice that those guys did and the, and the response, it was an immediate response. They, they, once they heard, they didn't, they didn't hesitate. Um, and it made me think of, uh, I don't know if you remember this, uh, back in 2019, I believe. Uh, the incident in Nairobi, the terrorist attack in Nairobi, yeah, uh, at the complex there, right? Uh, and then you had that one guy. Uh, turned out he was a British SAS guy. Roll in there and just start tearing it up, you know, yep. and, and 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 getting people out of there. And uh, so I don't know if anybody follows him. I've got a man crush on this guy, Christian Craighead, the SAS guy. I mean that's. I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's, you know, he's, he's awesome, dude. Like, like if you don't follow him, Christian Craighead, go look him up on Instagram, go look him up on social media. Guy's awesome. Outstanding. Very, very humble spirit. Very, you know, I mean, he's, he, he's somebody that you want to pay attention to and want to follow. Um, Cause there's a lot of good stuff that, that comes from that guy um, as far as all that. So let's talk about excellence though. What it is. I mean, there's, there's, we want to talk about a couple, three different, different areas of excellence or really it's um we want to talk about the misconceptions of what excellence is and we want to talk about what excellence should be in a man's life and what what it should look like um and so let's let's talk about the elephant in the room first um i'll 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 as an employer one of the things that i see a lot is there's just no desire to achieve excellence. It's, it's, I want to hit the bare minimum and that's it. You know, and I think there's the, the there's the two danger. There, there's, it's kind of a second danger there that I, that we didn't talk about earlier when we were preparing for this, but um, that I didn't really think about until just a few minutes ago, but it was the, the idea that, you know, I, I, I only need to do just enough to get by and I'll be fine. Right. And, and it's almost like there's a lack. Yeah. And it's almost like there's a, a lack of ambition, you know, that's there. And, and 
the first time I saw this, where I really, really started to see this and where, where, uh, where it was at a point for me where I was like, I, I got grossed out by it. And I had to sit like I did. I, I literally got grossed out by it. I got, I got angry. You know, I was going to recruiter school. We were doing the PT test. And I remember the, uh, you know, when you're doing a PT test in the army, you know, everybody's, you know, talking about, okay, what do I need to do to max this out? And the granted, this was the, the old APFT uh, army physical fitness test. It's they've changed it since then. It's a whole new ball game and a whole different beast. Um, but the APFT, that's, that's what we were doing. Art, would you say it's more difficult now? Or less difficult in areas? No, I would say in areas, yes, it's more difficult. In other areas, it's not. It's more okay. functional. Okay. You know, and if I'm going to be honest, it's I wouldn't even call it functional. It's it's CrossFit. So they started developing the 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 system that's in place now when CrossFit really started getting big. Yeah. And so everybody, you know, if you're a CrossFit guy, you know, it's right up your alley. Uh, if yeah. you're not a CrossFit guy, it you're going to hate it. It's it's not fun. Like you, those leg tucks, man. I can't do a leg tuck. I couldn't do a leg tuck to save my life, man. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not that it's bad. You know, it's just you have it's one guy's philosophy of what fitness is, and that's what everybody's going with. Um, but wh what they were trying to achieve with it, they just they kind of didn't, and they ended up going back to what it the the standards were. So now. Instead of it being MOS, an MOS standard, what they realized was there's a, a and I hate, people are going to get angry when I say this, but they kind of realized there is a difference in the genders. Oh, you're, you're not allowed and to say that? Uh, oh, and so they split it up. Now there's a standard for men and there's a standard for women. And, you know, um, I'm just waiting for the, when they start separating it, separating it by age again, because <laughs> they did. That's what the APFT was. But I remember go, recruiting school, doing the APFT, and I'm standing in line waiting for my turn. And I'm thinking, I, I'm, I'm doing the calculations for my age and all of that. What do I need to do to max it out, right? How do I max my push-ups? How do I max my sit-ups? What's the number that I got to get? How fast do I got to run my two miles to, to max that out? And I'm hearing the chatter around me, and I'm thinking everybody's doing the same thing I'm doing. But as I pay attention, start paying attention more, I realize that's not the case. And what they're doing is they're talking about what they need to do just to pass. Just to pass. So here's the thing. The Army standard, the Ar to pass the Army APFT, it was all you had to do was get 180 on your PT test, right? To max it, you had to get 300. Well, it's a stark difference, right? Just a, it, it's, it's a stark difference. Well, yeah. what do I got to do to get 180 so I don't have to, you know? And in my mind, it's like, well, I, I, won't, I don't want to just pass it. I want to I get the highest score that I can. I want to I exceed the mark. I want to, you know, I want to push myself to that limit. So that I know that I'm capable, but no, man, it was, it was, what do I need to do to just barely get by? And what I realized was, is I started paying attention to who, who, who it was that was doing that. What I realized was that's how they did their, that's how they performed their entire career. Everything they did in their career was, what do I need to do to just barely get by? And man, it, it angered me. 
Mm-hmm. You know? And I find myself in that position now. Not not where I'm just trying to get by, but where uh, I take pride in my work. I like what I do. I enjoy what I do. I'm good at what I do. Um, but so so knowing all of that and 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 being proficient in my career field and proficient in my profession, I want to make sure that I do well and I strive for that excellence as I go for. I want to I want to I want to meet the highest marks that I can. But the problem is is that I I I have employees that don't have that same idea of what excellence is. And their their ideas are I just need to I just need to get by and I'll be okay. You know, I don't know if you've you've run into that where you're at or well, I can you, relate to this. Me and my friend used to joke about, and and this is this is a joke part of of of, of what you're talking about. Just to uh, insert some humor, but uh, there's an old joke and that my friend and I have in regards to our teaching positions is just middle of the pack mentality, and the reason okay. is because when you are at the front of a pack and you prove that you're the, always the first done with everything else, who do you think gets all the extra work to do? Oh yeah, who do you yeah. Think also gets all the oh well. This isn't even hard to, and you might spend 70 hours a week to be front of the pack. It's not like it came easy to you. No. And now they want to give you another 30 hours, you know. So yeah. there becomes this, you know, this this game you play where it's like, uh, yeah. do I really want them to know how good I can be? Because they are going to push me to a place where I can't go. But that was, right. that was he and I joked about that. Um, but well, I, I've even seen it in education. Like I've had teachers yeah. or professors that would put a, a syllabus out and they would be like on page two you can see what you need to do to get a c on page three you can see what you need to do to get a b on page you know and and yeah. so a lot of students would just be like i'm ripping this page out i'm getting my c and i'm i'm out because they didn't want to put they didn't want to excel at that class they hated that class or they just didn't want to you know they were like oh you mean all i gotta yep. do is do this and i can actually here's how many classes you can miss that was big in college here's how many yeah. classes you can miss and still get your c and so kids were like dude, I'm maxing that out. You know, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm sleeping in. I'm going to, I'm going to have hangovers from the night before. I'm going to need these days, you know, and they would yep. time them all, you know, like based on parties yep. and stuff. And I was just always like, no, man, that ain't going to do it. That ain't going to do it. That's not going to set you up, you know, for the future that way. Uh, but I definitely yeah. have seen multiple examples of, of what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it, so it, I even seen it. We we talked about that in the army with the, the joke that you and your friend had. You know, we had the same joke. You know, which I, I think that's a good segue into the the other danger, or, or the other extreme of excellence, where you you on one hand you got like I just don't I just need to try for the bare minimum to the other extreme where it's like I I have to be perfect, and it's this right. pursuit of perfectionism all the time, and uh, you know. And it, it, you're exactly right. It's it, it almost seems that the reward for for good, hard work that comes from long, laborious hours is more hard work that involves more laborious hours, you know, Correct. and. Uh, now, for the career builder, yeah, for the career yeah. builder, you can do that and work your way up a ladder. So in other words, if I wanted to be noticed and my goal was to be, let's just say I wanted to be an admin, okay? In, yeah. in, in my particular field, that's you get your highest pay, you get your highest notoriety, you would get your highest uh, higher severance. Every, all your packages would yeah. be better off if you were admin, okay? So if I wanted that kind of a uh, certified position, 
I would really want to stand out. And so maybe I would work 80 hours a week and I would have a smile on my face. And when I left the, yeah. the room or whatever, I just uh, exhale and be like, okay, bucket up buttercup, you know, and do my best. Yeah. And so that there there's, there's a means to an end there. It, it is how you, cause you are going to get noticed. Oh, wow. This person's given us everything they have. And so there's, there's a means to an end to do that. If that's what you're trying to, yeah. to become. So, Working hard is an incredible asset, but you and I are going to discuss yeah. the importance of also making sure you don't put all your eggs in one basket of excellence because we're not yeah. called to do one thing well. Uh, yeah. As men, we need to be well diversified in those yeah. things, which we're going to talk Ooh, about uh, right. in future episodes. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's that's one of the things that I think needs to be mentioned here when we talk about excellence is that we have to be careful that we don't put all of our focus on and, and hone it all in on one area. Well, there's got to be moderation there. Yes. You know, and I think that's that, that's the key, you know, because and, and here's the here's here's the truth that, that nobody wants to talk about. It's hard to it's going to be almost impossible for you to excel in a career and climb the corporate ladder all the way to the top and excel as a father at home. You almost got to pick and choose there. This is true. It's one, it's one or the other. Now, having a spouse at home kind of helps with that. But you as a father, you still have to be involved there. You still have to be the mentor. You still have to be the leader. You still have to... You know, they still need daddy. They still need, you know, that 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 man in their life and that influence, you know. So oh, yeah. um, it, it's all you, you almost have to. It, I hate to say that you have to pick and choose, but you almost have to pick and choose. But you have, you have to have a good balance of it. Yeah. You know, let's go, for me, let's, let's let's go to the word of God here real quick. I pulled up some stuff here that I and I know you've got stuff that you can share, but it, we've got rationale for doing this. I mean, it says yeah. Colossians uh, three twenty three. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto man. So we're not doing this for man's approval. We're doing this because we are blessed by this gift of life from our creator. He, yep. he wants us. He wants us to do our best. He didn't say to get obsessed about it. But in, in like the example you gave in the military, when you're given this test, there's no way that God would look at that and say, just do whatever you got to get by, my friend. That is yeah. not what we are. That's not what's placed into our hearts. Uh, Titus 2, 7, no. in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works uh, and since gravity and sincerity. Um, and, it, and it talks about uh, abundance. He talks about living in an abundance of knowledge. Mm -hmm. He talks about uh, uh, Ephesians 6, 7 through 8, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men, um, seeing that a man is diligent in his business, Proverbs 22, um, so that he may stand before kings. He shall not stand before uh, uh, mean men. And then it says first Peter two, nine, this is great right here. But you're a chosen generation, a Royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You pursuing excellence is going to exude the light of God. It is yeah. going to show everyone that you value what he has placed in front of you so much that you are applying every ounce of yourself to it. So it's actually a way of let your light so shine before men. And so yep. what's going to be the case, Wes, is when you're giving it everything you have, you have preserved your Christian testimony in front of yep. those men 
who aren't. And so yeah. one of the reasons we need to do our best is not just because it's a personal thing that I want to, you know, uh, attest to. It's so that the light of God can, uh, you know, be shined out from yeah. us outward so that when you have an opportunity uh, to inspire people, you can point that praise to the person yep. it belongs to. You know what I mean? So th those are yep. my initial thoughts about, you know, excellence and the, the pursuit thereof. Right. I, I would say one of the other things that, in fact, a word comes to mind when I think of excellence. And really, it's something that's that that's kind of recently developed. And I'll be honest, uh, we had a, a a Kingsguard meeting at our church. We call them rounds table. And, and uh, our pastor got up and gave a devotional at that one. And one of the things, what he talked about, he talked on, a, he, he basically did a word study and shared with us the results of the word study and what he, where God had led him. And the word that he had focused on was the word sober. Being sober and the different meanings that it has in the word. And, and one of the words, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it means to be tempered, to be controlled you know, the idea is exactly what we think of when we think of the word sober. It's to not be drunk. And when we think of drunk and we think of guys that are out of control, that have no, no discipline in their lives. And that is a serious need that a man has to have if he's going to excel in anything. He has to be disciplined. Yeah. You know, it requires discipline. Um, but it can also, it, I mean, I can also break in, and I'm sure he probably did, the connotation of mental wellness. And, and just yep. being of a sound mind, toss alcohol yep. out the window. I can still not have alcohol in my blood, but not be of a sound yep. mind. And not, not be, be exactly. Yeah. So, and that was the, that was the second point. You know, it's sobriety isn't just being disciplined. It's being of a sound mind. It's being right minded, not just being right minded intellectually, but being right minded and being grounded in the scripture and in the word of God. You know, it's, it, that's a necessity, especially yep. for a believer. You have to be grounded. Man, I, I'm, I'm blown away, absolutely blown away by the amount of believers out there that struggle with this fact, with this, with this simple thing. In fact, um, and I'll, I'll not to target Calvinists or anything like that. That's not my intent. But just Seth mentioned something last week that's kind of stuck with me, and it, it's, it's kind of popped up. Uh, in my personal life, some, from some things that I've seen from from some folks uh, that I've known for a while, um, but he made the statement, you know, uh, Calvinists. Nobody becomes a Calvinist by reading the Bible. They become a Calvin. They become a Calvinist by reading Calvin, and it's because they weren't grounded in the Word. Sure, they didn't have a. They, there's nothing wrong with reading Calvin, but if you're not filtering it through Scripture. If you're not filtering him through scripture, you're going to lose it. Right. You know, that's part of that right mindedness, that 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 sobriety that we have to have as men. We have to be grounded in scripture. That's one. I'm, I'm so thankful for my heritage and for my upbringing because, you know, my dad, my grandfather, my mom, my parent, both of my parents were, were very, very adamant that we not just read the Bible and memorize scripture, but that we understand what we believe and why we believe it. My dad didn't want me to just be a Christian. He wanted me to be a, he wanted me to be a Christian because I chose to be a Christian. 
And to choose to be that, you have to know why you chose that. You know, uh, of, of one of a uh, uh, young man that I was able to lead to the Lord who, who worked for me, um, he was he was talking. He, uh, he he recently came back and started working for us again. Working for us again, and I got to talking to him about uh, the church that he's been going to and, and 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 the discipleship program that they've been that they've been that he's been going through with them. And he says, you know, they they're it's it's almost like it's a list of rules like that that it's don't do this, don't do that. He's like, but they want to throw it all at me at once. You know, I can't I got to cut my hair. I got to I, I can't have a beard and I can't do this. And, you know, and your sanctification is predetermined by us. <laughs> right. And it's this this robotic. robotic it's this robotic mindset of, you know, you have to dress this way and look this way and be this kind of person. And I just started laughing because he's like, man, if I could just get a rule book and I started laughing, I was like, you got one. It's called the Bible, man. It's the only rule book you need. <laughs> it's, that's you know, the it. The cool thing is with that is when God changes you, you want to change. Yep. But when and, he tries to change you, you don't want to because you don't understand it yep. yet. And you, you don't get it yet. Yep, you don't not get it. And, and you experience grace. Yep. In the meantime, because, while you while you're on your path to sanctification, that's that's one of the big takeaways of uh, you know we you and I have talked about this. Wes, we both grew up in the, around the same kind of culture, and we're not pointing to anyone in, in, uh, you know in particular. But yes, we 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 probably and I don't know about your journey, but I I learned uh, to understand grace and its um, you know in its fullness uh, much longer after my childhood than i should have yep yep I, it, it same it, and it happened the same for me i mean it was i was in my 30s my mid to late 30s before i really started understanding what grace really was and what it looked like i mean you hear it unmerited favor and all of that but you it, until oh, it, we knew the definition you, when we were six. Oh man I, yeah I, I could so i could have told you that yeah i knew what that is yeah no problem i didn't know what it looked like though no. it didn't have skin on no you know until until men in my life started applying grace to me and bestowing grace upon me i had no idea what that looked like you know but that's what it took you know and and that's you know, it, so it, it requires that that sobriety, that that right mindedness being grounded in the word. But then on top of that, what else he mentioned? And I'm stealing John's. John, you're listening. I know you are, but I'm stealing your message. So charge me later. I'll send you the royalties or whatever. But you know, his third his third point in that was that sobriety means watchfulness, vigilance. Yeah. And. Man, and, and as he's going through it, as I'm as I'm thinking about this podcast coming up and what we were getting ready to talk about, it just fit. It just fell right in line with, man, if a man is going to pursue excellence, if he's going to endeavor for excellence, he has got to be sober in every aspect of the word. He, in every definition that you can find in scripture, he's got to be sober. You know, um, there and, and he started pointing out several places in the in, in scripture where he talks about having love and having faith and having grace and compassion and hope. And before he ever said any of those, he said, be sober. 
that you have a sober mind, you know, and, and if we're going to pursue excellence, guys, if we're really going to do this right, it starts with a disciplined mind that's grounded in the word. And then we have to be watchful and vigilant for those areas in our life where we're weak. You know, where are we just looking to just skate by? Where are we looking to just skate by? And then, uh, and it's not just where we're just looking to skate by. Where are those areas where we're, we're, we're putting a little bit too much focus on perfectionism rather than the excellence? Because there is a difference between the two. Sure is. You know, there's a difference, you know, wait, you know, if I, if I'm, I like everything to be perfect. I, I really do. I like, I like, I don't like clutter. I can tolerate it for so long. And then I just, I lose, I lose myself. I, I lose, I lose my sobriety, if you will, you know? Um, but like, so if there's a whole bunch of stuff that gets piled on my desk after a while, I got to get it off. I got to clean it up. And I, I just get in that mode of, you know, cleaning everything out. And uh, I, I've got to have that, 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 that clean area, that clean workspace to operate in. And, um, you know, it's, it's this idea of setting a standard and I, I want that standard in my life, but for me to do that, I've got to have the discipline to do it. You know, I've got to be, I have to make sure that everything that, that I'm doing things the right way. But if I'm not careful, um, that that idea of cleanliness, well, it's just got to be clean. And I'll clean off my desk knowing that I've got things to do that day, work to be done. But I'll get in a mode and get in, in this 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 fast of clean off my desk. Next thing I know, I'm cleaning out the entire office and cleaning out the entire garage and going through, you know, and I'm, I stop focusing on being excellent and I start focusing on this has to be perfect, you know? And I think with, with the young man that I mentioned earlier, I, I think that's where a lot of churches kind of fall short. We, we've replaced excellence with perfectionism, yes, you know? And, and we want everybody to be perfect. We want them to look the part. We want them to talk the part. I would say you just, I would say you just actually hit the nail on the head. We want to look like we're perfect. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's all outwardly appearance. You know, it's all outward. But where is it on the heart? This is true. You know, you know I'll how, say a few things about perfectionism. It's probably the, the thing that I most struggle with as a man. And I want to also put this out there to some people who may be listening. Uh, perfectionism may or may not be something you're aware that you deal with um, mm -hmm. because you may not want everything in your life to be perfect. But there is something in your life that has to be just right. Or guess what? It completely wrecks your attitude, it completely wrecks your relationship, it completely yep. wrecks your progress as a man. And what we need to look at, excellence is to excel at something, not middle of the pack, not bare minimum. You went above and beyond and you excelled at it. But the problem with perfectionism, it's flawless execution. 
And if you don't execute flawlessly, you have to go back and keep trying until you execute flawlessly again. Flawlessly, yep. And then if you don't do that, you have to go back. And so what ends up happening is, is we're human. There's no possible way we can do that. What ends up happening is, is you distort or you corrupt the definition of perfection so that you can achieve it. Yep. And it almost becomes an idol to you because when you get there, it's not enough because you know you cheated to get there in your mind. You cheated yourself to convince yourself. And so then you redirect that definition. I'm going to give you an example in my own life. I think it's important we do this. Uh, <clears throat> guitar playing is something that is very important to me. When I was a kid and I began playing guitar, I began to set unrealistic standards for myself. And I began to see myself due to this uh, unrealistic standard become obsessive compulsive about it. I was playing guitar 12 to 15 hours a day. I was doing things um, that, I mean, when I didn't have a guitar in my hand, I had things in my hand and I was pretending that I was playing scales. I was thinking about the notes. I was, I had an unhealthy obsession with the guitar. Now, People look at me now and they see what I'm able to accomplish on the guitar and they think, well, this was a really great decision you made to learn how to play the guitar. And I believe that it was of God for me to learn how to play the guitar because I believe he gave me the gift of music and he wanted me to pursue it. But instead of approaching it with the attitude of to be excellent and instead of uh, always having this now, I've gotten much better with that now. Uh, but I'm talking about when I was a young man. I'm talking about when I was starting out when I was 15, 16, 17, all the way into my early 20s. To me, this was about um, flawless execution. And this was about, I need to be able to play this solo and maybe my solo has 800 to 900 notes in it, right? Let's just say my solo has 800 to 900 notes in it. 899 notes, but I buzz the 900 or let's say halfway through I buzz one and then the other half is perfect. No one else heard it but me, I was miserable. When I say I was miserable, I mean, I was completely and totally unhappy. This had yep. nothing to do with God. Yep. This was about me. Yep. And so what I have found now that I'm not, the pressure on the guitar isn't there anymore. I don't really necessarily, um, you know, uh, spend time thinking about that as, as though, I, although I still enjoy playing the guitar and writing music and things. What I find now is that same attribute is one that I fight with everything I try to accomplish. So if I want to grow a garden or if I want to raise chickens or if I, you know, any skill that I want to do, any type of thing, if I don't do this perfectly, flawless execution, <clears throat> Satan begins to tell me, you're worthless, dude. You're yep. never going to get this right. And here's, now we're crossing over into the spiritual application because a lot of you guys right now are waiting for the perfect time to follow God's voice in your life. Oh, yeah. If yeah. I can just give this up, Wes, mm. if I can quit this partying thing, if I can quit pornography, if I can quit cheating, if I can start reading my Bible this many chapters a day instead of yep. one verse a day I read, if I can pray this many minutes like I heard this one guy at Bible college do, if I can just yep. set myself up to be perfect or if I can clean up my life, if I can get it just right, yep. if I can get things just right, then I can come to God. I'll be worthy. I'm going to give you some scripture and then I'm going to turn it back over to Wes and let him do his thing here. But I want to give you some scripture that's going to blow that thought out of the water. 
It says right here in 1 John 1, 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. He's talking to children of God. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Now he's talking about in the physical infirmity here, but the concept of grace is there for you no matter what frailty you endure in life. Ecclesiastes 7.20, for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. And I've got another 15 passages I could go through and I could prove to you that there is no way you're ever going to find the ideal that you're looking for to begin this path. And perfectionism is going to keep you unhappy, unfulfilled, and out of God's will for your life. Don't ask me how I know. And so my encouragement to you would be to have an attitude of excellence. If you got that solo right on the guitar, 80% of the notes were great. You excelled. You did something, but I was never, I could never get in that mindset. Yeah. And so now I'm retraining myself to understand that even the small gains in my walk with God, even the small little incremental things are something that God looks down on and says, my grace is there for what you weren't able to accomplish. And I'm so happy. And I'm experiencing so much joy that through the love of my son, you are walking in this race with efficiency and excellence because you're applying yourself. Stop trying to chase perfection because then you're going back to the law. Then you're going back to um, the the same issue that we had uh, in uh, the New Testament with the church that says, well, what'd you do? You started out in grace and now you're trying to go back and be perfect through the law. Um, we're trying to get the cart before the horse. No, let him be perfect. And you grow out of his perfection. You grow in grace. And what did Paul say? He said, nevertheless, I live yet, not I, but Christ who liveth within me. And that's the thing. It, it, It becomes this, 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 we want, when we pursue perfectionism, it's not about him. It's about us. It's idolatry. It's a <laughs> it's, it, it's, thing. It's self-love. Yeah. And you think, yeah. I, I thought I was, it was, I was admiring myself. I was like, yeah. I hate myself so much. I'm so, yeah. I'm so humble that I, that I'm, it's never going to be good enough. And I'm just going to, yeah. until I'm perfect. No, it was, it yeah. was, it was idolatry. I was making it a little G. I was making that my God. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's and it's easy. It's an easy trap to fall into. And let, let's just be honest. Most men fall into this trap. Yes, at some point. And, and there's there's an area of your life that you you may you may be okay with mediocrity in some areas. You may even be okay with mediocrity in most areas. But there's some area in your life as a man where you're like, no, no, no. This is I got the I got the cat in the bag on this one. This is this is. This is my gig. Superhero, perhaps. Yeah, you, you know your I, own version of Superman, perhaps. And and it's it's I, we we all we all deal with that. And, and the, here's the problem: when we fail, because we do, we will fail. 
when we fail, it's devastating. For me, in those moments when I'm when I'm pursuing perfectionism rather than excellence, when I fail, it nearly destroys me. I I I completely crumble. I don't I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit down. I want to mope. I want to wallow in. And here's the thing: with with that failure comes shame, comes guilt, it comes the self pity party, comes the 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 feelings of self uh, of worthlessness, and and then with that depression and on and on and on and on and on and on, and it's a downward spiral. But when we remember, it's not about us. It never has been. We're not the hero of the story. That's right. You know, when we remember that, when we, we have remember identity crises, don't we? Oh man, we're 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 really reluctant to take on the identity of Christ. Yeah, because I mean, here's really the thing, means. and what it really means. Exactly. So, and here's the thing. So, this is what ends up happening. We got as men, there are. There are so many things that we're responsible for, so many areas of life, so many categories, like whether it's, you know, I get overwhelmed with it sometimes. You know, my wife will call and you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Granted, she's not throwing a thousand things at me at one time. She may ask me to do three things in the day. Yeah. Okay. But those are three things that I've got to do. Then work calls. Then the guards call. Then then the boss calls, and then the clients call, and then oh, I've got to deal with the kids, and then I've, I've got to, and we we're bouncing back and forth, and you kind of feel like a yo-yo. You're gonna drop the ball somewhere, guys. It's gonna happen. And, and so, I, probably some of the greatest advice that I ever got was from um, a team sergeant of mine. Um, I was not the greatest pistol shot. I think I may have told the story before. I don't know. Um, but he once told me, he said, you know, in order to help me with my, my shooting, he said, you know, stop worrying about the shots you miss. You can't take that bullet and put it back in the gun. Learn the lesson. Go back to the fundamentals. You, re, you know the fundamentals. Reapply the fundamentals. And re-engage. And here's the thing. We know the fundamentals of the word. For most of you men out there that are watching this podcast or that are listening to this podcast, and I say men, ladies, you too, because I know there's a few ladies out there that are watching this. You know the fundamentals of the word. Here's the problem that we have. We choose to ignore the fundamentals. And we choose the do's and don'ts. We choose the appearance of righteousness rather than righteousness in reality. Because it's quicker. It, yeah, it's easy. It's e it's the easy way. But all that does is all of our clothes into the closet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In order to clean our room real quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I was good at that too, man. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's all it was, man. It's that's all it ever is. It's 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 a shuffle act. It's a sh it's a shell game. That's all it is. Because but in, we, inevitably, that's who we are, Wes, without God. That's who we yeah. are. But if we just focus on genuine, real excellence, 
man, it's so much easier. We recognizing, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at organization. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. Recognize what you're not good at. It's okay to, it's okay to admit that. I'm not good at organization. That is not my skill set. I'm good at big picture stuff. I am not good at, at small, nitty-gritty details. I don't like paperwork. Anybody who has ever served with me in the Army can tell you right now, I have never liked paperwork. Still don't. Don't like it. You know, that's not my strong suit, but I, I know the people that are good at it. I know the people that can help me with it, and I, I, I dedicate the time to it when I need to. But I recognize my weaknesses. I recognize the areas that I'm weak and I'm okay with that because I know what I'm good at. I know what where where I know the skill sets that God has given me. I know the talents He's given me, and I know where and when and how to apply them because He's trained me to do that. And I'm okay. And here's the beauty of this: when it comes to excellence, recognizing that you are not the hero, that you are not the, you are not the subject of the story. That's the key because here's the thing: we. We we talked we we memorized the verse at Hoosier Hills Baptist Camp, man. First Corinthians ten thirty one. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. It's for Him. Yep. Those things I'm good at. It's not. It's not so that I can pat myself on the back and be like, "Hey, I'm good at this." No, it's so that I can serve Him and point others to Him, and I can I can. I can show people how good he is because he's given me this skill set and given me these talents in spite of my, the mess that I am and has allowed me to serve him. It's he's chosen it's me to do those things for everything we do. How much glory can he get out of? Yeah, I'm excelling yeah. at. Right. So here's it. I, I so I look at this podcast. I mean, it's, there's people out there that may think this this is a meager podcast with a meager following. I could care less, man. I'm stoked, and and it's 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 nothing I did. It's nothing Cole did. That's right. It's 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 nothing Mike did or any. It, we just like, hey, we feel God leading us to do something, and we said, okay, let's do it. Point us in the right direction, God. You show us what you want us to do, and we'll do it. And that's the thing. When God opens those doors, when he gives you the opportunity to serve, serve. Go do it, but don't do it for you. Don't do it for your glory. Don't do it for your own recognition. Do it for him. When you go to work, remember, you're, you're an image bearer. You're bearing his name. Everybody at your job probably knows that you're a Christian. Now, they may not give you the title Christian. They may call you religious, but they know there's something about you. So how are you living to glorify him in their presence? Good. What this is all about. If you want to live a life of excellence, it has to be about him. It has to be about him. So, uh, if only Bill and Ted had known about that, right? Their chair, their adventure <laughs> truly, truly been would have been an adventure, right? It truly would have been excellent. So How's that for a take home, right? So 
here, here's the here's some homework for you guys. Go home, look at those areas, kind of kind of take inventory of your life and think about how you think about where you're weak, think about what you're good at, but more importantly, think about how you can use that for His honor and His glory. How can you use that as a witness and a testimony for Him? Great. And I, I think you'll you'll find yourself very very quickly approaching um, that measure of excellence. So. You got anything else, Cole? Before we close this one out, I don't. I just think uh, don't my 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 sort of homework assignment for any man who has been putting off excuses and waiting for the ideal perfect moment to to pursue God uh, in in a greater, more meaningful way in their life. Stop pursuing perfection; it'll never mm-hmm. happen. And just start pursuing excellence and start making incremental yep. gains in your spiritual uh, life. And I think um, you start doing that, and the Holy Spirit is just gonna take you places you couldn't dream of otherwise. There's so many applications here that you, where we could just branch off and talk and we could talk about this for, for days really. Um, And we'll get back to some of those. We'll, we'll come back around. Like I said, we're going to come back around to all of this, but we, that's this episode should close out our, 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 our series on virtue um, starting uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the school of biblical manhood. Now, the school of biblical manhood, that's a kind of our, our philosophical. I can't even talk right now. Listen to me. Suffering fuckatellist. I know, right? Our philosophical ideology of what a man should be capable of. So there's the way that we, we our, 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 our ideology is, our belief is that a man should be, should be solidly grounded in five different categories. Um, and I don't really want to let the cat out of the bag too early. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that more there, but I, I ask you guys join with us next week as we talk about the school of biblical manhood, as we get into that, we're going to do, we're going to break that off into a series. Um, but, um, join with us as we talk about that, join with us as, uh, we, we've got a lot of good guests that are going to be coming in. Um, but a couple things that I want to encourage you guys to do one, Share with us men of the week. All right. Bring us some videos. Bring us some pictures. It doesn't have to be a video. It could be an article. It could be a Twitter, whatever it is. Um, if you know somebody at your church that's st- that that has stepped up and demonstrated genuine biblical manhood in some way, shape, or form, podcast at the kingsguard.org. Send us an email. Let us know about it. We want to recognize them. We want to make that effort um, because all that does is give more glory to our Savior and King. Um, and then finally, I want to mention uh, the Warden's Initiates course that's coming up uh, this Saturday. Um, so there's still a little, for those that are interested, there's still a little time to get involved in that. Uh, this Saturday, the session there is really just a, kind of a meet and greet and just kind of like an like an informational, like an information dump on what the, the Initiates course is, what it entails, what you can expect. Um, um, so... I highly encourage you guys, even if you don't know that you want to do it and you're curious that you might join us this Saturday, 8.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. That's 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be doing it on Google Meet. Um, so email us at inf- or at the uh, email at on the going across the ticker below info at the kingsguard.org. Um, let us know that you're interested and we'll let you know how you can participate in that. We've got a lot planned uh for the future so stay with us 
um, and tell some friends. Share the share the podcast. Share the video. Share like we're, we're check us out. We're we're on Facebook. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. Check us out on all of those platforms. Share us on all of those platforms. Um, and uh, we look forward to continuing the journey here with you. So until next week, um, we just want you to remember that there is a king who loves you and wants to see you reach your greatest potential. And he is offering anyone with a heart willing to pick up their battle armor a place in the king's guard. <laughs>